Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Deadline's New Hollywood Podcast. Thank you for joining us. I am Amanda Nduka, one of your hosts. And I am Dino Ray Ramos, eating granola. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, before we get to our guests, we've this this week has been really interesting. Oh my God, there's it? been so much this, going on. Yeah, the news, I feel like our news brains have been like spinning this week. My brain is fried. So actually. I wanted to talk about the correspondence. And I didn't get to, I saw, I, I read a couple of highlights, but I know you, you saw it. Yeah, I, and our producer David, who's actually sitting next to us, he also saw it too. <laughs> I only saw like the first day of it happening when it was trending on Twitter, and then I checked. Did you out. watch okay. all of Michelle Wolf's roast? Thing? I watched. I watched some of it. Okay, it's I, pretty damn good. <laughs> so a lot of people were saying that she went too far. No, with the, with the I don't, jokes. I don't think she went that far. Not I mean, with the Aunt Lydia, then that, that was hilarious when she called Sarah Huckabee Sanders Aunt Lydia from Handmaid's Tale. That's when I. <laughs> That's what I tweeted. That was my takeaway. <laughs> but she like dug into every single. She went Republicans, Democrats, primarily Sarah Huckabee Sanders and Kellyanne Conway. That when she made that comment about if a tree in the wood falls, can we put Kellyanne Conway underneath it or something like that? <laughs> not that, not to crush her, just to like, like trap, just, like, her. trap her. <laughs> yes, yeah, which is fine. You gotta but it was so funny him. that night because I was on the edit desk that night and I had to cover Trump's rally that mm -hmm, was mm -hmm. opposite of that so i watched that and then i watched hers so i was like it was a good balance okay i, I kind of got neutralized okay <laughs> i gotta say i this um the correspondence dinner falls on my birthday every year oh, and really? i love yeah and i love <laughs> these roasts i think they're so much fun because yeah. i love politics and i love comedy and i thought that i, I didn't find her funny to be you didn't find her honest. funny. And did you think she went too far though? No, okay. not at all. I, I mean, I just she was honestly, yeah. I was like, is kind that of not bored. your brand of humor? Your, no, your... it's my brand oh. of humor. I mean, I loved, <laughs> I, I've loved everybody who's like Wanda Sykes and Larry Wilmore the last few years. Hassan was yeah. great. Hassan was great. Um, yeah. But I, I don't know. She just didn't. Uh, she didn't. She didn't, do it, she didn't do it for you. That said, like Netflix, she has a Netflix show. Yeah. And they've been pushing her show with her like being out there. And I think the uh, ads for her show look great. So oh, yeah. I, I'm sure, I don't know what happened. Maybe she's, it's just like, she's, it's a weird room. Yeah, she, she's written for The Daily Show and for uh, Seth, Seth Meyers. Mm -hmm. So, and I think a lot of people don't know that. Is yeah. it, so this is like her first time in the spotlight then? Because I, I wasn't aware of her until yeah, I, cause I, I heard Yeah, because she, she always hosting. used to do bits um, on um, Seth Meyers. And I don't know, I didn't watch Daily Show that much. Uh, but I know she was a writer on there. I don't know if she did bits on there. Did yeah. you? Do you know? I have not really watched The Daily Show oh. since Trevor Noah uh, took over. Oh, yeah. um. Why? <laughs> well, I, I never even really watched it that no, much when either. John Stewart was. I actually went to a live just, taping of John Stewart. Oh, really? Yeah. I just watched yeah, clips yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. And I don't Patrick Stewart it. was the guest. <laughs> Uh -huh. But uh, yeah, but I don't think she was. I think it was hilarious. David doesn't. Amanda didn't watch I it. Didn't I'm watch sorry. It. I just read highlights. I, I do feel weird because I don't want to be lumped in with the conservatives oh, no. and no, you know Trump supporters you, that didn't like her. You I just, just didn't, didn't think it was funny. Yeah, I just didn't. You know what? You're think free to funny. think that. Yeah, you're free to think like guys, okay? Like Kanye. Kanye. That's another. Uh, oh my gosh, you guys. So I we, I we talk about this with our guest. Yes, yeah. um, our guest is Justin Simeon. He's uh, the creator of Dear, White, Dear people. White People, and a lot of the things that he talks about, he talks about a lot of racial issues in in the show. Um, Con we, Kanye we wants to approach race in a different yeah, way. Yeah, from a different from a different angle, and so. 
So I didn't, I wasn't there at the beginning of this whole rant thing. I actually, I saw people on Twitter talking about it. It was like trending. So like, let me just look at it and see what he was saying. I've always thought Kanye was off. Like I'll say yeah for, for I'll start off with that. But like when I was reading his, his tweets, it, it hit me, but not in the same way I feel like it affected a lot of people. I was like, okay, you know what? I get I get what you're saying. You don't have to be of the popular thinking. And I respect that. Mm. But I think, and we talked about this before, the way you come about and the way you, semantics is, is everything, yeah. right? Like the way you talk, the way you say things, you have to, if you're going to be the the op, the, po, the opposer or the, I guess, what is it? What does he call himself? Like a, the new the new age of something. Um, he just calls himself a free thinker. So free, well, well, he, but he means. wants to be like different than the, like he wants to be the new age of thinking. And I'm like, That's if you're, yeah. you're going to do that, first of all, have facts to mm. back up what you're saying. But he doesn't read. Remember, he's been or, really open about or, not or reading. Dis, or he doesn't spell. Because <laughs> when he put, um, this is, um, I'm a willy. He put, he, he, he said something about Nicki Minaj. He misspelled her name. <laughs> he was like, this is, I'm, um, this is a moment of the Willie Lynch something. Oh yeah. I saw that. Yeah, he yeah. spelled Lynch L-I-N-C-H. I yeah. And I was like, come on now, Kanye. Let's, well, let's, do, Kanye, let's do spell check. <laughs> Kanye is. He's a lyric. Like I would say this. Kanye's a lyricist. He, I, I loved his first college graduation. I got all those of old course, albums. Yeah. He's a great, he's a great lyricist. Um, he's a great performer. Well, yeah. Yeah, sometimes. Um, his old sub to me was amazing. But, like, I don't know what's been going on with him lately. People say it's a mental issue. I don't think it's a – I really don't. I mean, when, when to I – To quote Barack Obama, <laughs> he's a jackass. <laughs> Wait, and Barack yeah, Barack Obama? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he said that. He, Ooh, in, I didn't see that. Yeah, it was after he interrupted Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah Obama yeah. was interviewed, and he's like, what do you think about this? And he's like, <laughs> he's, he's a, a jackass. But he, do, I mean, he, he I think he knows like, exactly what he's no, doing. No, he does. But it's like. He knows how to put himself in in, in the conversation. It's in, in weird because like when he tweeted all that stuff and whatever he says about his philosophies, I guess it's fine, but I don't care. Yeah. Honestly. If that, yeah. It's like, I, I get what he's saying and it's offensive, but it's like all, you've done this before. You just keep on doubling down and you're going to continue doing this. Yeah. And. Yeah, the uh, our guest Justin really uh, I feel yeah, like he impacted um, very well, yeah, he did. Yeah. and and he made the point about and you know hopefully you guys will continue to <laughs> listen on to it, <laughs> yeah. but about that the thing that's more disconcerting is the way that people reacted mm -hmm. to Kanye than actually what Kanye is saying himself yeah. and how they're going to use his words. Yeah. yeah, like especially you know he talked about like. Um, Candace, uh, Candace, Owens, Candace yeah. Owens, and how she took that and just kind of like ran with it, and the people on the, I guess, the right, the alter, the, the are they're they're like you know this is their moment right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have this prominent black uh, man on their, like not really on their side, but basically, I, I guess he says he's not a Republican or a Democrat, but he's basically validating a, a lot of the things that they're saying. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I, I think that's my biggest issue with it was. We are in this. We're in a culture to where these people like what they say means a lot. Yeah, yeah. And people follow what they say, like you know, they're the second yeah. coming. And I th again, I think it just comes on to semantics and just like how he executes his thoughts. Mm -hmm. And Kanye has been known not to execute his thoughts very well as of yeah. late. But thank you for listening to the Kanye podcast. Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is really the Kanye. This is the because we talk about this with Justin, and I think you said Justin unpacks it really well. Yeah. Um, He's very, I mean, he's very intelligent. He, yeah. Like, he knows, like, I feel like Justin, like, knows his yeah. shit. Yeah. Justin really kind of hits the nail on the head he with does. how we talk about Kanye. But more importantly, we talk about Dear White People, which is his show on Netflix, The um, which is out right now. This episode's coming out next yeah. week. or um, But yeah, uh, it's on Netflix, volume two. 
Uh, and if you haven't watched the movie, I would highly suggest you watch. Start it. I mean, you don't movie. really need to. I don't but, think you do. But it's the movie is really good. It is good. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, you can start with the series. Yeah. I mean, he kind of like. It kind of like starts from where the, the movie starts. Yeah, 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 in the yeah, series. yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's a great series. It's only 30 minutes. So it's not like you need to take out your whole day. Yeah. Which I know I. I <laughs> but it's, I it's, it's a really good series it's, on Netflix. It's out right now. Um, but yeah. So just, here, here's Justin. Here's Justin. Here, Justin Simeon. Thank you so much for being here. It's so exciting. Thanks for having me. We just me. found out that we're all like six degrees connected, which I know, is really it's true. cool. Yeah. <laughs> Whether it be a college, a college, or a city, yeah. a state, Texas, Texas, Texas um, and Chapman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so cool. We just wanted to start with your your kind of your journey to Hollywood and like your your humble beginnings <laughs> to, <laughs> sure. to where you are now. So what kind of what um, what was it like for you for starting out in this business? Oh boy, well, you I'm, did different things, right? Yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, I knew I wanted to make movies since I was a little boy, uh, but there was no no legacy of that in my family. What like I had no idea where to begin. Yeah, <laughs> and so I came to um, I went to film school at a place called Chapman University. Um, I ended up there because I went to performing arts high school in Houston doing theater. And a lot of the kids that were interested in film were going to Chapman and USC. And so between the two, Chapman gave me some money and I showed up. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, and during my time there, I made a, a bunch of short films, but hadn't really had that like production internship. And when I went around to look for internships, uh, Focus Features Publicity was, was one of the ones that was available. And I thought they were putting out Brokeback Mountain at the time. And I thought, I'm always going to want to tell a difficult story. I'm always going to need to figure out how to clutter bust and get people to pay attention to something that they would normally ignore. And I was like, they turned this gay cowboy movie into a cultural phenomenon. Yes. Let me go there and learn. And so I went there as an intern and became a publicity assistant and eight years later was doing publicity. I, I was at Focus, I was at Paramount, I was at Sony. Um, and during that whole time, I would spend my weekends in writers groups with friends, workshopping screenplays, making web series, making short films I will never show anyone because they're terrible. <laughs> They'll uh, come out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Somebody will they're, they're sitting on some hard drive that I do not believe is functioning. Um, no, but I just like I just kept working to keep the creative juices alive, and then at one point I, I was talking to my friend Lena Waith. We were both on the Paramount lot because I was working there, and she was uh, a writer's assistant for the game at the time. And we had lunch together, and she was like, "Sucker, what happened to that script two percent you was writing?" Uh, this is my Lena impersonation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Un uncanny. Yeah. <laughs> Sucker, we kind of we've like we're at a point where like we're not sure who's imitating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but um, but you know, she's talking to me about this two percent. It was called two percent. I was like, "Yeah, no, it's called Dear White People Now." And I I've actually like started a Twitter account to help me with the jokes, but I just don't know. And we just had this conversation. I realized if it takes me 20 years to make the movie, that 21st year is going to be so sweet. Yeah. And if, you know, why am I not working harder to make this happen? And I just decided by hook or by crook and I stopped going places. I stayed in all <laughs> weekend. I would work at night and I just wrote and wrote and wrote until I felt the script was good enough. Yeah. And having no idea where to go next with it, having no money, having no real understanding of how to make a movie like that. This is 2013, 2012. There was no quirky black hipster anything <laughs> anywhere. Like that was not a thing. Um, I took my little tax return at a couple thousand bucks and we, you know, made this concept trailer for what if there was a movie called Dear White People Guys. Mm -hmm. 
And you watch, you know, the idea was to put this trailer on YouTube. You watch the whole trailer. And at the end of it, it's like, surprise, it's not a real movie. But don't you want it to be? Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. if you do, maybe you should give me some money. <laughs> That's and then you a got, good you got way, some uh, money off of that, right? Yeah, like yeah. We, we, we tried to get, we were just trying to get $5,000. Like, literally enough to, like, incorporate as a company so that we could properly raise money. And we made, like, 25K in, like, a few days. Oh, and, that's crazy. Yeah, and so, you know. Dreams not, come true, folks. right? Not enough to make the movie money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it still but took still. a year and a half. No, yeah. but still, yeah. But it was, it was a start, and um, the momentum of that is really what I credit finding a way to get the movie financed. Yeah. Do you, because you started, you started this at, in 2006, right? You started. Yeah, 2005, 2006, do you, yeah. Do you think this, this movie and this concept could have lived back then? I do, because okay. it's funny, it's very full circle, because I started writing it in the George Bush era. Yeah. Mm. Back when, like, if we felt so suppressed, you know, the voices of marginalized communities felt so suppressed during that time, we had no idea uh, how good we had it. But, like, um, you know, it was funny. When Obama won, I was like, oh, I wonder if people are even going to care anymore. And what I found during the Obama era of, of rewrites <laughs> for the script. The Obama era of rewrites, I like that. Was that, like, oh, well, now we're in America where, like, even talking about racism amongst liberals has become taboo because nobody wants to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Everyone wanted, wanted so badly to feel... We voted for Obama. He's in. <sighs> Everything's Rac okay. Racism's over. <laughs> and it was like, and so that's why the movie has this vibe where it's almost like, can I even talk about racism? Because like that was the era in which I wrote it. And now we're obviously in a place where everyone is talking about yeah. racism, but we're talking about it in a way where we can't even connect on it. So I do, you know, the thing is that the underlying issues that the, the film and the series deal with are... American issues that we've been dealing mm. with since the 1800s mm -hmm. and will continue to deal with until we figure out how to properly have this conversation publicly. Yeah, I remember watching the movie for the first time and I was like, I've never seen anything like this. I, and then I, I remember watching the concept trailer mm -hmm. actually first and I was all, yeah, I want this to be a movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, I th uh, and then it, it, the, the festival kind yeah. of run and then um, I saw it and then when I heard it was being made into a TV series, you know, I was all for that. But obviously the, the, the title, Dear White People, mm -hmm. people are automatically gonna get all up in their feelings about that. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> And like the the movie was one thing, and then it led into the series. But how do you even you, you're tackling all these issues? Mm -hmm. How do you brace yourself for criticism? I mean, you got to go through it. Yeah. I mean, I you know I never found the title that <laughs> I never found it that offensive to be honest with you. Yeah. Like it, I I sort of started writing it in a time when shit white people say and mm, yeah. you know stuff mm -hmm. white people like like all of that was like viral and. The, the difference, of course, is that I am a black person saying it, um, mm -hmm. and I think that that changed the way people received it. But you know, I was I just did uh, the opposition with Jordan Kleeper, and he was like, "Ah, oh, thank you so much for finally inviting me to sit and watch something." I was like, "That's the interpretation." <laughs> yeah. He was joking, but it was like, "Why would you? Why is the assumption that dear white people something aggressive and something angry is going to come next?" I think that all has everything to do with what we're talking about. These mm -hmm. assumptions that we hold for one group of people, but not for another. Mm -hmm. And what I found so weird, I would say frightening, but I, I've been dissecting it in the show, is that when we came out with the series, the outrage was much more weaponized. It wasn't genuine confusion or genuine feelings hurt. It was people using it as an opportunity to enrage their base. Mm -hmm. There were lots of bots up in there. Yeah. 
Um, you know, I talked about how on our YouTube channel, we were obviously a target for something called brigading, where you like send automated a accounts. Like you can always tell by the numbers because um, yeah. the people who like and dislike, it's such a small percentage. Yeah. And with us, it was like everyone who watched yeah. did a thumbs down. Yeah, I don't yeah. think so. Um, That's how it is for our comment section too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah there's yeah. like different, there's different type of numbers you can tell it's not, this is not a real account. Exactly. Yeah. And and so I, what I was, what, what really struck me as interesting is that behind this screen of anonymity that we have with the internet, there was all of this like very thoughtful manipulation of people's outrage. And when I started to do some research and just, which I always do in between seasons, um, I sort of like saw this, this, this compulsion to erase what happened and hide and sort of erase what black people have been said that that's literally been there since the mm -hmm. abolition of slavery i mean you can find examples of people saying you're free now what are you complaining about back then you know this yeah. is this is while we are still like in an era where you know this is when the quote-unquote white class formed in america these were economic decisions you created a white class so that you still had a working class because you didn't have slaves anymore mm -hmm. i mean that's mm -hmm. why they did it and at that time, Italians were included, you know, obviously black people, but like a lot of people were not in the white class mm -hmm. and have slowly found their way in. But of course, you know, it's, black folks yeah, ain't getting in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that easy for us. To, to, yeah, and you address that. I like how you address that in, in the show where you, yeah. like, you know, this, this was formed for the Italians at that time because they were the, the, the outside group until mm -hmm. a certain year. And then all of a sudden it's like. Everyone gets their turn to be oppressed. Yeah. 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 Well, we don't get our turn. We haven't gotten our turn yet, to be honest. Unimpressed, to be unimpressed. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but, well. but this idea of secrets and anonymity, it was like fake news and misinformation. That was such a buzz. Those were buzzwords for now, but that's literally been, that's been the like, um, the weapon of choice yeah. since time immemorial is like, so we have to silence these voices. We have to convince the population that it wasn't that bad. We have to like make them feel like no one is for them. And seeing it play out again in this modern era, I was just... Oddly enough, I was inspired. I was hurt for a second, but then I was mm -hmm. really inspired that I had a way in to say something really deep about the issue. Yeah, and um, so is is dear white people um, in the experience at um, um, why am I, why is it escaping? Whitman call Whit it Winchester. 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 Yes. I don't know why it's like it's escaping Whitman. my head. Whip, sorry, <laughs> Whiteman White White College. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. Winchester, and I was like, I don't it's know close. why it escaping my head. Um, was that was that any is that any I know it's a satire uh, satire but is, did it reflect your experience because you said it was originally called two percent and yeah. I'm assuming because I know for me two percent first thing I thought about was in high school it was only two percent black people yeah so yeah in my college that, it was you know it was a pretty low number too. And yeah <laughs> it two percent was a number I just for some reason it kept coming up and mm -hmm. I also thought it was funny back then there was this whole monologue dialogue between Troy and Lionel about what kind of milk they drink and oh. if you drink whole milk you're black or whatever and it was <laughs> oh, just damn, like a, really I mean there's so much stuff that hasn't made it out yet <laughs> like it's just sitting in the vault yeah um but uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it it was reflective of my experience. But then again, you know, you think your pain is singular, and then you read this is a James Baldwin quote. You read and you realize how many people have been through this experience. Mm -hmm. And I thought setting it at an Ivy League would be a better metaphor for surviving in cutthroat America mm -hmm. because 
you know, when it's America, when it's your livelihood, everything is on the line. It's not just your time out in college. And I feel like at Ivy Leagues, it, it's so it, you just have to survive. It's a bunch of yeah. sharks. And um, it just felt like a better way to talk about the American experience if it wasn't an Ivy League. Um, and Ivy Leagues come with so much good story material. It's mm-hmm. like the secret societies mm-hmm. and, you know, the the different sort of uh, the, the, the way people are organized by finances, what they can afford, the yeah. legacy programs. I mean, it just literally it's a it's an easy microcosm for America. Yeah. Um, it, it I mean, the show still reminds me of my experience in college. And I went to a predominantly white college and it was like you have your, um, you know, you you you. You, I guess you gravitate towards the people that look like you, and then that's why these all these groups like the BSU. Yeah. We had um, the African Americans or African Student Organization, which was a big problem <laughs> because African Americans are like, why is there an African Student Organization? Why can't we all just be one? It was like a big issue, yeah. um, which was weird to me. But anyways, no, these things become yeah. such issues. It's, it's true. It's, yeah, it's so weird that you say that because like I went to when I went was in high school. I hung out with predominantly white people mm-hmm. and then I wasn't really connecting with my Filipino-ness mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. guess you would say or my Asian-ness and then when I went to A&M which is when I when I was there it was like 88% white mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like I still hung out with white people and then like I saw the Filipino Student Association on the side like kind of I was just eyeing them, but I was all should 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 should, should I should I? <laughs> I had a big old identity crisis, and but then like that's where I discovered like oh, oh my god I'm Asian and I I, I went full force. It was it <laughs> was it was it was spoken word. Yes, Filipino spoken word. It was spoken word. It was all doing it for the culture. Oh, it was come like on. it was me just like causing trouble and, yeah. and all that. But so yeah, it was it was interesting that you said that. Well, yeah. you, you know what it is though is. Um, it's that imposter syndrome. It's mm-hmm. like when you, literally, you were taught to survive in a white-dominated world by stripping yourself of the cues oh, yeah, that yeah. you are whatever you are. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I mean, I remember going to what they call magnet schools in Houston yeah. mm-hmm. and coming back to my black neighborhood and people being like, well, why are you talking white? Mm-hmm. And even though, like, I think that's a very problematic thing to say, <laughs> first yeah, yeah, of all, yeah. because what is talking, why is talking black mean you can't speak English? But like, there's all of these little social cues that you start to cleanse yourself of. And then all of a sudden you find a group of your own people. You've been surviving without them and you don't know what to do at first. I mean, yeah. that was a part of my experience too. And I remember when I finally joined the Black Student Union, I, I remember actually being a Chapman and a, and a girl was like, just, hey, guys, we're having a Black Student Union meeting in here so you can get it. And she was just like assumed that you're, I wouldn't yeah. be interested. And I literally was there for the meeting. <laughs> and I, I was so sad. I was like, oh my God, she thinks I talk. Well, I don't know what was happening in my yeah. head, but I left. But when I finally went back and joined, I was like, oh, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't have to explain anything to mm-hmm. me. Like, yeah. We all understand. That's the thing. That's the thing with organi- like the, the um, I guess, race, racially based organizations. But one thing that we talked about, and I know for in college it was a big debate, um, was like, are these organizations in opposition to this journey of inclusive inclusiveness mm-hmm. and of um, equality? Because it, it is kind of like, it, it is kind of a form of segregation, right? Yeah. Even though you're not necessarily like, oh, you can't join if you're, because we were, I mean, there were, there were white people in our black mm-hmm. students. Yeah, there, so was, there were some it, white people, Vietnamese and yeah, Chinese. So it wasn't, yeah, so it wasn't well, like, our, our yeah, had it wasn't like you were like, oh, you can't do this, so you're out. But it, it, but people would argue that, you know, I don't feel like this is something that I can join because, you know, I'm not black, I don't understand the black experience, or I'm not Asian, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like if, like, I mean, obviously we're still fighting this fight for inclusiveness, and also, but do you feel like 
within that journey or if we get to a certain place where it's like, oh, we're all equal, we're all in a, in a perfect world, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. do you feel like these organizations are still going to be necessary? Well, they're going to be necessary for quite some time because yeah. inclusion and integration is not the same as erasure. Like, mm-hmm. there's a there's this assumption that we're the ones who are self-segregating, but nobody asks, why are all the white kids sitting together at the cafeteria table? Yeah, exactly. You are, you guys have a white student union. It's all of you. <laughs> <laughs> it's the whole university. You know, like, exactly, seriously. exactly. You don't yeah. ha- the thing is, like, we are already integrated. It's like we are going to school together. Mm-hmm. We live together. All of these groups do is give you a, a literal moment, sometimes an hour a week, where you don't have to wear whatever you are. You don't have to feel like you have to be somebody like yes. that you're to, not. Yeah. For, for you to be accepted. You don't feel no. like you have to be in reaction to what white people think of you or mm-hmm. what they are assuming about you. It's like lit- sometimes it's literally an hour a week. You're just surrounded by black people. You get to talk about these issues without having to explain, explain why exactly. they're issues. Mm-hmm. There's just like, yeah, there's just that connection. And the yeah, people yeah. and the people who show up to a yeah. BSU meeting who are not black they're already ready for the conversation. Exactly. So, you know, these safe spaces, it isn't, it is not the same as Mm -hmm. segregation. Because again, like this thing called whiteness, white people are in control of it. (laughs) Like, (laughs) but no no one alive today created it, okay? We all inherited it. And we are either deciding to keep it going or to fight against it. Those are the choices that we have. But in a world where this was created specifically to set this group of people apart, that group of people cannot be accused of segregation. Yeah. Like, just because we are trying to, you talk, you, you, you talk to people who went to an HBCU, and the last thing they thought about when you're at a school surrounded by all black people is being black. You, it's a one moment in your life in America yeah. where you don't have to think about being black all the time. Mm-hmm. What's interesting about you or what identifies you is the music you're into or the subjects that you're interested in. It's all other, it's human, it's all the other things that make us human beings Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that you identify with and in a world where we are whether or not we choose kanye to identify that was on our list (laughs) whether or not we choose to identify as black or being whatever mindset the world has decided what we are and where we fit and you can't avoid it so yeah, it's a necessary thing. It's not the same as segregation, and mm-hmm. there's nothing to be afraid of. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It's it, like it's not. I mean, we're not gonna like conspire yeah, against. Yeah. You. Like, it's nothing. What are you afraid? I of? I think that's what it was in your show. The girl was like, "This is another form of white genocide." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> well, these are the claims that were levied against your white people. Yeah, you no, know, it's true. Well, it's like, true. I'm so glad you mentioned Kanye because oh my gosh, we have to talk about Kanye. We have to talk about Kanye. Okay, that's a movie. <laughs> I mean, like when I was watching, did you watch his full? I mean, I watched the clip. Like I watched clip. as much of it as I could stomach. I watched the um, Slavery is a Choice clip, mm-hmm. and I watched the sort of response from Van, which, yeah. you know, all of the an- <laughs> channeled all of the ancestors oh to say gosh, that. Oh, my gosh, yes. Um, and, of course, it, like, like came I, from his heart. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, and when the whole Candace Owens thing broke up, first of all, we wrote a character that <laughs> everyone is going to think is based on Candace Owens. I swear to you, we had no idea who oh, she was yeah, when yeah. we wrote this character. Um, but I followed that story, and then I was, and then I had to honestly unfollow Kanye because it was really too much. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I've been following. I haven't... <laughs> well, when I was watching, I honestly, when I, I watched his thing, and then, like, I, I, I was in the middle of what, also watching Dear White People. Uh-huh. Like, oh, like, boy. Volume two. So I was all... That's a good back and forth. Yeah, and I, was, I was just like, oh my God, this could easily be a character. Absolutely. In, in, that you wouldn't believe yeah. until it happened. Yeah. yeah. But do you think that, because I've been debating this Kanye thing for a while, do you think that what he's doing is 
problematic because I, I feel like he's right, right now he's preaching free thinking, right? Like mm-hmm. that's his big thing. Yeah. Like the, the word usage is not the best. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he has a, a point to where, you know, there's no, there's no rule that says you have to go with the popular opinion. I agree with you that, know? but he's but, using a truism to support other arguments that are totally messed up. It's like, yeah, we should all be free thinking, but not so free thinking to where we're inventing reality. Like mm-hmm. that's not free thinking, that's selective thinking. This is the man who wrote crack music, okay? Yeah. Like an in-depth, <laughs> like an in-depth eloquent song about the ways in which the black community is targeted. I mean, this is a smart person. Yeah. He un- he he was raised by an educator in a Black Panther. Like it's not like he doesn't have any historical context. So for him to say I'm a free thinker in support of the idea that slavery was a choice, no, I yeah. can't bang with you there. He's yeah. saying he's saying that you know, I mean, one of the co- one of the tw- tweets were like, we need to update our conversation about racism, mm-hmm. looking more towards the future and not dwelling as much in the past. And that's, I mean, that's obviously that's where I had an issue with was like, you know, obviously if you don't if it's what is it the saying if you ignore the if you ignore the past and it's just going to repeat itself yeah, yeah. um but like whenever he was talking about you know um i guess when he was saying things about like I, the 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 biggest thing for me was the whole not having to be not having to have the popular opinion and not but mm-hmm. it, but not being afraid to speak up and yes. i guess that's what i took from the whole conversation i would i mean i would say i used i loved kanye's old stuff mm-hmm. late registration yeah gra- was it graduation yeah yeah um, I, or early like when he was carrying on his backpack yeah. in the polos uh, that, but, and he yeah. was smiling um, when he was I us yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't listened to him in a while so i'm not like a kanye fan or stan or anything um but i was just like you know what yeah what you're saying the way you're saying things is is problematic because you are saying things that are could damage people like um slavery was like the whole slavery was a choice thing i don't know even when he tried to explain himself i have no idea what he was thinking um but like you say you saying that you don't want to think like you feel like if you want to like if you like donald trump go ahead like go ahead who cares Mm -hmm. right like our homies that's fine (laughs) you know who cares it's fine but it's Again, the thing that I find problematic about it is not even so much what he's saying, it's how it's going to be used. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you saw it after he started saying these things. Literally, the alt-right went nuts. Oh, yeah. Conservatives went nuts. They, You know, TMZ is, I, I wrote this on, on a tweet, they plastered him all over their website like he was selling freaking cream of wheat. This mm-hmm. black dude with the big teeth and smiling and thumbs up. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> you're, they're using you, bruh. Like, yeah, they're yeah. using you to sort of, like, feel like their arguments have always made sense. Yeah. And it's like... When you're a public figure, I think it is irresponsible to say things knowing full well how like you're not a he's not a stranger to fame. He knows what fame how it works, how people sort of take what he says. He knows what happens with it. So for me, he's giving a, another tool in this arsenal for people who want to erase our history That's and it's true. not dwelling in the past. You know, this idea that black people just need to get over their victim mindset is 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 very it's a misplaced idea because the truth is we're it's in the present yeah the the effects of slavery are still in the present the fact that like a generation before us um you know hundreds of thousands of black men are taken to jail for the rest of their lives because they had some weed on them Mm -hmm. now like white people are opening up weed bars and it's super cool meanwhile there's a bunch of kids that grew up without dads in broken homes where they're like you know pulled into the legal justice system they 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 aren't educated well because their neighborhoods are underfunded and you know the the 
literal black bodies of their fathers are sitting in a prison to help Republicans in that particular district mm -hmm. claim more numbers. I mean, it's not okay. Like, we're still living yeah. in the present day with the wound of slavery. And again, the Malcolm X quote is my favorite. It's, you know, you can't just pull the knife out of someone's back and say, all done. You have to address the wound. And we live in a country that doesn't even want to acknowledge that there was ever a knife no. in the first place. Yeah. So no, we shouldn't dwell in the past, but we should be dwelling in our present. Yeah, <laughs> which is, I, no, yeah. I completely agree with you. I mean, like with, with Kanye, like people say like he's crazy and he's mentally ill. I'm like, oh, I don't think that's it. I mean, maybe he still has some unresolved issues with the death of his mother. I'm not going to like mm -hmm. speculate, yeah, speculate. Yeah. but you know. And like people are all, oh, he's just doing this to sell albums. And I was like, oh, no. I don't think that's it either. Yeah, I think he's, he is a free thinker and he is an interesting thinker. I'm not going to call him a genius. Oh. A lot of people say he's a genius. I, no. yeah. uh, I think but, he makes really great music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that he makes really great points. Yeah, yeah. And I just think his execution of his thoughts is horrible, of course. And uh, he just, like, one of my nephews, well, like my cousin's son, who I just call a nephew because it's easier that way, um, he's like 18 and he's he defends Kanye and he's like, oh, he's an artist. Mm. And I'm all, no, 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 no. And I, I, I'm just worried about kind of, he's, he's seen as a role model. To, mm -hmm. to, Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that was one thing that I'm thinking about when he's saying these horrible things. Right. It's like, oh, he's a role model. Well, look, he, yeah. he does have the right to say it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I agree that like we shouldn't be, I, I absolutely, we shouldn't be group thinkers. Mm -hmm. Again, though, that argument, and this all started because he was praising, you know, Candace Owens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she's using this argument about free thinking and about not being in a victim mindset to play the victim yeah. <laughs> in a lot of cases and to think inside of a box that is so small that literal, actual, historical and statistical facts cannot cannot come into it. So you're using these words like free thinking and um, victim mindset to honestly just reinforce your lack your, of free thinking yeah. and your desire to play the victim. So yeah. him praising a person like that shows me that he, there's a discernment in him that isn't there. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like what he is so enamored with with Donald Trump is Donald Trump's ability to capture the public attention despite the fact that he was so reviled. But that doesn't feel like what life should be. Capturing people's attention is not interesting. Yeah. What are you going to say once exactly. you have it? That's what's interesting to exactly. me. Exactly. Oh, Kanye. It's like he said, I mean, he was, you know. We the, want prenup. The Katrina. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just like he said that when the Katrina thing happened, you know, he went on record and like <laughs> George Bush. George Bush doesn't like black people. Yeah. But then there's a guy that's like condemned a nation that is, is predominantly black. Yeah. And remember and, how much crap he got for yeah. that? Yeah. From and, these same conservatives that are like, yeah, see guys. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Kanye's it. But now they're all praising him because he's like, yeah, I, yeah. It's, uh, it's like, it's honestly a mess. I just, I just hate, <laughs> I just, I just I hate how that. these public figures, I mean, have, they have so much power, mm -hmm. you know, and, and you, and that's, I mean, that's not their fault. That's, that's our fault as society. But I just, I just hate that we give them so much power to where, things like this can just be like. That's what's frustrating to me is that it sucks so much air out of a very necessary conversation. Yeah. Now we're all talking about Kanye instead of talking about the issues. Like we're never really gonna figure out what's up with Kanye. It's a big distraction. It's exactly. a big distraction. And there are more important things to talk about than Kanye West's opinions on racism. This should not be the person yeah. leading he's not racial the discourse. Yeah, he, yeah. yeah exactly. He's not the person to go to for no. this kind of thing. <laughs> for any kind of meaningful discourse. Well, he accomplished 
accomplished his goal of like being heard. He did. Oh, thing. he was yeah. heard. He yeah. was definitely heard. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll just we'll just wait. And well, see Kanye, what if he comes out with an album next month, no, he's well, Kanye, he had the singles. He has new music. Yeah, and also, he had the singles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not side, doing that. I'm not doing side note: so like Christina Aguilera released a song this morning called, uh-huh. and I'm, I'm digging it, but Kanye produced it. And what I'm is like, it called? Oh, it's called he produced yeah. this one with Ty Dollar Sign and um. And, oh, I didn't realize he produced it. Either. Well, what was the song two, called? It's called Accelerate, uh-huh. and I like it. But I was all, "Girl, is was this the right time to?" I, <laughs> see, I knew he was producing Ooh. on a record. I didn't realize this single was one of his. That's crazy. I think so. I it may be wrong. That's that's a tricky place to walk. Because I'm like. Christina Stan, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I like her new look, her new stripped down look. I do like that. Yes. I saw the pictures. Yeah, and uh, the, there's a video and everything, and there's a lot of tongue involved, guys. Okay, so. <laughs> Come on. Come on, Christina. Ooh, um, so okay, so you have uh, dear white people. Season volume, two. Vol- is it oh, volume? Volume two. Volume two. Volume two. <laughs> like an yes. encyclopedia. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So what's what's next? Are you going to go on vacation? Or are you going to immediately go into volume three? I just got back from vacation. Oh, oh nice. Uh, so I'm actually prepping a movie right now and awaiting to hear from Netflix about a season three so that we can start. Oh, it's going to happen. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I, I, I agree, but you know, I can't, you never I can't, know. I can't, can't start a writer's room until yeah, I get right. the call. Right. So. <laughs> well, cool. this season is definitely, I mean, I definitely... I think you've like up the level. Still. No, Thank yes, you. there's like com- yes. so much, um, especially with what's going on with Sam. Yeah, I I finished it. Amanda hasn't. Yeah. I don't want to go into anything, but wh- I just her want- arc is is really interesting this season. I want to take advantage of the fact that you've been introduced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, them you, already. We know them. There was they're like X the X Men. You already know the characters. Yeah. Now <laughs> they're gonna have some fun. Now let's go deep. Yeah, and, yeah. and also us as writers, it's like no one's learning how to make the show anymore. We mm-hmm. learned how to do yeah, it. Yeah. Now you just so now like let's go somewhere with it. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. and. Yeah, and it's a wonderful cast too. Oh my god, yeah, Logan's incredible. coming on. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, and Antoinette. We're just gonna have the whole. <laughs> we're just gonna have a whole. You like, should. You should because they're, they're they're such stars yeah. in the making, and uh, I'm just so blessed because they really are so talented. We saw it on the big screen, uh, you know, for our premiere. It was the last night, right? Yeah, yeah, and like you know, just I was telling Marquis, uh, Marquis, I was like, I was in your face, and like I, like I. We cut this episode. I've seen this episode a billion times, but like every time, yeah. I see new things and like oh, seeing cool. it on that big screen. I was like, oh my god, that twitch in your eye was working. Yeah, so. yeah. And it's just <laughs> like you, these kids. I mean, they put everything into it. And Chris Bowers, who does the music, Sassy, who does. The, I mean, like everybody is bringing. No, their I best. Li- I just like the whole overall. There's this hyper realism to the whole yeah. thing. Like it's not of this world but yeah. it's of this world well that's you know, the thing yeah, I want yeah. you I want you to fall, I want you to dream yeah in dear white in Winchester come yeah. on it's, the water's warm <laughs> leave your cares behind yes but also when you go back to the real world here's a little something to take back with exactly. you and thank you for staying <laughs> I mean that really is the <laughs> that's exactly. the feeling that's the idea So obviously your show's on Netflix. We have to ask, what are you binging right now? Oh wow, um, Big Mouth was my absolute. Obsession. Oh my god, I love that. Big Mouth was my everything and nailed it. Oh, I haven't seen. I it. was nailed it. I was furious <laughs> when I got to the end of that. I was like, Are you kidding? It's brilliant. Okay, okay, okay. it's brilliant. Um, Noted. We, we uh, I'm just starting. Oh, I'm gonna forget the name of it. Um, it's the cult. It's the one about the cult. 
Oh, uh, a big big country. Yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Oh. yes. Oh. Wild, big, wild, big country. Wild, 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 wild country. Yeah. Yeah. Every time yeah. I, I'm like, oh, I'm watching Wild Wild West, and it's like, that's not <laughs> the that's name not of it. it. Wild Wild Country. Will Smith. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, that's a series. Okay. Um, no, so I just started that, and I'm really, really into it. Um, I, you know what, like making the show, I'm so behind on stuff. So yeah. I'm like just now catching up on my Atlanta, which oh, is not a Netflix show, but this, yeah. everything. Wait, last season of Atlanta or this season? This, the current oh season. Oh my this God. Yes. season is it's wild. What it is going on? It's wild. <laughs> it's wild, man. I yeah. love it. Oh, I, I, uh, yeah. So those are my binges right now. Yeah, Wild Wild Country. I, I'm in for anything involving a cult. Me I'm, too. I'm so fascinated. I'm so with in. Cults. I'm so like, in. <laughs> if it's a movie about a cult, if it's a special, I like that Martha Martha Marlene. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Um, oh, I love cults. I don't. Want to, <laughs> sorry, it, but it, it, it's interesting. Yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah, interesting. Yeah. This, you know, I was reading this book the other day, and it, it talks about culture is almost like a virus. It's like we think we have control over culture, but in fact, it controls us. And it's so interesting to watch how people can totally get caught up. And mm. a thing that once you get pr some perspective on it, you're like, what was I doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm hoping a lot of Trump supporters feel that way. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And if you cut in a the, couple of years, yeah, I pray. Yeah, seriously. I pray. Hopefully um, less than that. So <laughs> if Dear White People, the world of Dear White People, could have a crossover with any mm. college-based show. College-based show. Or like, like a, I don't want to name any. Just, I want you to think. Just, like, yeah. Like any uh, show that was based in, uh, like, in the college. Like, um, There's actually not that many. There aren't. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> I'm like, I was going to say, yeah. I mean, all I can think of is like a different world in Grownish. I know. Um, oh, Grownish. Oh, Say by the Bell, the college years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe that show. You know, they, 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 need some, they need some I, I would cross it over with Harry Potter. Oh, right? shit. Like, if there was like <laughs> I got a, excited. Like, if there was a Hogwarts Winchester exchange program, Ooh, that would be oh fun. Oh, my God. House of Winchester. Yeah, House of Winchester. <laughs> I hope this, so. That would be that. fun, right? Like a magical <laughs> Dear White People. Yeah. Musical magical. We get, we get close this season. Yeah. I oh, no, say. yeah, it does. It does. It we does. really, like, lean into the Ivy League of it all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so fill in the blank with the first thing that comes in your head. Dear White People, please stop. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dear White People, please stop quoting MLK. <laughs> <laughs> To shame black people from protesting. Right. It's literally opposite of what he stood for. <laughs> right. Please stop twisting his words. Up. He's cool. He wanted us to protest, y'all. Like that <laughs> yes. was part of the whole situation. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> um, okay, and then our final question we ask all of our guests. Um, is there an underrepresented voice in the industry, whether it is an actor, writer, producer, or creator, oh <laughs> that is yeah. not in the mainstream that you that you think people need to know about and that deserves more recognition. Yeah, there's so many. Yeah. Yeah. The first person that comes to mind is a, a woman named Tiffany Johnson, Okay. who um, she had a short film at AFI, uh, as part of the AFI program. Uh, she showed a previous short film called Lady Like and Can. She is the absolute truth. Tiffany and, Johnson. Yeah, mm -hmm. Tiff Johnson, we call it Tiff. Mm -hmm. And uh, also the most fabulous dressed person okay. ever. Okay. Ever. Well, we're here for that. <laughs> we are here for that. Ever. Yeah. Look at my Instagram story. You want to get into it, okay? She's okay. everything. But I, she's a, she is one of a f several up and coming directors that I'm obsessed with. Uh, Marvin Lemus is another one mm -hmm. uh, who has a, a show on Netflix uh, called Hintified. 
um, and Dime Davis. Okay. Uh, really fantastic filmmaking voices that you guys are going to be really excited about in a few years. Yeah, cool. let's look out for them. Yeah. Look yeah. out for them. Absolutely. Well, Justin, thank you, thank you so, much. so much. This was a very enlightening conversation. Say, yeah. <laughs> no, it was <laughs> it fun. Was, it was a it blast. Was thoughtful. <laughs> we could talk more. We could. But, we you know, like, we all yeah. have stuff to do. I got a, a cop salad. I'm big trying <laughs> you to have, eat. You have a salad you have to get to, <laughs> <laughs> to attend to. But so, thank you so much. It was a pleasure, coming. guys. Yeah. Thank, thank you for you. the conversation. Yeah.